there can be things that you would potentially want to challenge. So the way that those factors are applied to your project might depend on, on sort of um, some quite kind of detailed technical factors. So we have seen projects, um, you know, go from having the, the hundreds of millions of pounds worth of liability to having zero liability based on challenging some of those factors. So I think probably that's, that's the thing to be aware of, that actually there's quite a lot of detail that sits behind those calculations. Hello and welcome to the Connectology podcast. Here, Road Knight Taylor's influential team of elite connection specialists and their expert guests help you to better understand distribution and transmission network connections and how to acquire them faster, for less cost and at lower risk. Hello, I'm Pete Aston, a connectologist at Road Knight Taylor, and I'm joined by my colleague Catherine Cleary to talk about the complex but incredibly important subject of cancellation charge liabilities and securities. So cancellation charges and securities are a huge topic and this podcast is really just a brief introduction but fear not as we will be giving a webinar on the subject in a few weeks time so keep a lookout for more information about where to sign up. Now there aren't very many days that go by when Catherine and I don't talk about cancellation charges in one way or another. So this podcast is really just a snapshot of the geeky existence we at Road Knight Taylor have, um, although we love it. So Catherine, I'm going to sort of come to you. Could you just give us a brief overview of what cancellation charges and securities are? Yeah, sure. So um, for anyone who's got a transmission connection um, or potentially a distribution connection where you've been through uh, a project progression process um, uh, where some work's been identified, um, you'll probably have seen a um, an MM statement or a securities statement, um, which is National Grid asking you to stump up a bit of cash to underwrite your liability. Effectively, that's because grid operate in quite a different way to DNOs, whereby they are doing an awful lot of reinforcement work, um, transmission infrastructure investment, and they are funding that themselves um, so they don't pass the capital cost on to developers up front um, so they need a bit of skin in the game from developers or connecting customers um, and that is done via the the cancellation charge of methodology um, so essentially everyone who is connecting uh, contributes a bit of a, a bond a cash security or a, um, or a performance bond um, to national grid in the event of them cancelling and then if they were to cancel that scheme um, effectively uh, national grid would would reconcile how much money they owe them for the for the fact that now no one's going to connect, no one's going to be paying to NEOS charges. Okay, thank you, Catherine, for that. That's great. Um, so could you could you give us a sort of a brief um, overview as well of how cancellation, cha- uh, how securities, I should say, are paid? Because um, there's a variety of different ways that developers have on there to, to actually stump up those securities. Yeah, yes, exactly. So your liability is the, the, the total cancellation charge you could be liable for if your project cancelled at any time. And obviously that changes over time. So as you get closer to your connection date, that liability increases. Um, you're asked to secure a proportion of that liability. Again, that changes in time. So uh, when you're early days, when you're, you're what we call pre-trigger, um, you are asked to secure 100% of that. And then it steps down um, as the project kind of progresses and as the certainty increases that the project will connect. Um, the options you've got are essentially cash, which is what unfortunately most people end up having to do. Um, so that is you putting a, a depositing amount in a sort of holding account with National Grid. 
Um, they're not allowed to touch it, by the way. Um, it just sits there in a bank account. Um, you can provide a parent company guarantee. So that's essentially if, you know, perhaps the project is an SPV, but it's being developed by, um, you know, some very well-funded uh, players um, who have the necessary credit rating. Um, if you actually meet the credit rating yourself, then um, National Grid have a, a requirement in terms of like a Moody standard credit rating. Then you don't have to um, provide any kind of cash security. You can just say, you know, trust us, we're good for it. Um, unfortunately, the only people who are likely to be able to meet that, that parent company guarantee or, or the, the credit rating themselves um, are, are sort of, you know, very, very large scale kind of multinational players or, or financial institutions. Okay, thank you for that, Catherine. So I think just coming back on the, the need for these cancellation charges, I guess some developers might think it just seems like a way for National Grid to make money from unfortunate developers who can't progress their projects. Is, is this just a way for National Grid to make money or is this more of a, a cautionary stick for developers so that they don't progress with schemes unless they really think that they can. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually really strongly sort of believe in that process because I think otherwise what you would see at Transmission in particular is an awful lot of people kind of joining the queue um, who didn't necessarily have the kind of financial backing or perhaps the confidence in their projects to proceed. So I think it's a really good kind of check and balance um, to make sure that there is a bit of like I say, a bit of skin in the game, you know, that, that people aren't just able to kind of sign up to um, offers which then um, potentially sterilise the network um, because of that kind of capacity being held. So so I think it, it, it can act really quite well. I think what we sometimes see and probably the things we talk about most, Pete, are when um, it's obviously quite a kind of formulaic process. It's relatively complicated um, to actually get to the bottom line of how much you have to secure. But sometimes that kind of formula, because of particular network scenarios, it can end up sort of having the wrong implications. You know, occasionally we see projects with basically no security, you know, when actually, you know, that, that's maybe the wrong signal. And sometimes we see projects which have un, unviable levels of cash security required really, really early on just because of the way the numbers work. And I think that's that's kind of, you know, that is becoming really quite a big problem here. Yeah, thanks, Catherine. And it's it seems to me like there's occasionally some sort of unfortunate consequences from cancellation charges and securities in as much as cancelling a scheme is not something that a developer wants to do because they're going to then pick up the cancellation charges for for pulling out and we then potentially see developers just staying in the contracted queue for perhaps longer than they might have done otherwise and could could you just sort of talk us through how maybe the tech amnesty is is trying uh, that's going on at the moment is going to sort of try and help with a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so absolutely. So, so tech amnesty in a nutshell is giving people the option to cancel without paying their cancellation charges. Um, so, like, say for projects that were quite you know, far progressed but have issues, um, you know, that's that's a pretty sort of golden opportunity. I guess though, Pete, one of the things is that not very many projects hopefully not very many projects reach that stage. What's perhaps more common is to see projects um, who are kind of with their connection dates quite far out, so they're perhaps at quite a low level of security at the moment. Uh, if things are looking uncertain, um, simply mod app to kind of push those connection dates back because that in turn will push their, their kind of security um, cash uh, kind of profile back as well. So I suppose yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It does perhaps in a very short-term sense, send a signal to say, maybe I shouldn't cancel this now because if I cancel it, I'm definitely going to have to pay, you know, whatever it is, 50 grand's worth of cancellation charges. Um, whereas I could just mod app it and sort of push that decision down the road um, without increasing my liability. Um, 50 grand's probably actually a very, very bad example. There's probably quite a lot of projects with an awful lot more than 50 grand's worth of cancellation. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Thanks, Catherine. So um, I think it's probably worth us sort of highlighting a few of the terms that are used within the sort of cancellation charge and securities uh, methodology. So you've got terms like 
wider liability and attributable liabilities. So would you sort of mind quickly outlining the difference between the two uh, and how they works out by National Grid, how they're calculated, roughly speaking? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, wider liabilities are the kind of easy ones, I think, that most people have sort of got their head around. Um, that is just a zonal charge. So it's a pounds per uh, kilowatt charge. Um, and uh, the country is broken up into all of the different um, ETIS zones, we call it the, the zones you would see in the, the National Grid maps. And each one of those zones is given a, a pounds per megawatt charge. You'll see um, places where there are lots of reinforcement work going on will have much higher charges than places where there's not very much work going on. So those are forecast um, in advance. Um, so they're quite, they're relatively uh, predictable. Occasionally we have sort of big jumps and surprises. Um, but um, but those, those charges, those wider cancellation charges, they're effectively sort of capturing the background reinforcement work that's going on um, to improve kind of wider uh, boundary flow capability in the network. Um, they only apply um, in the four years before you connect. Um, so if you've got connection date out in the 2030s, you won't be seeing any of those charges yet. When you, um, when you get to your trigger date, that's when those charges kick in. By contrast, you've got a attributable cancellation charges um, which are based on the attributable works for your project these are much more project specific so you'll see some projects which have zero attributable works no attributable um, cancellation charges therefore um, and we'll see projects which perhaps because they're connecting into a specific substation um, where there's huge amounts of work going on and a lot of that work uh, therefore is attributable to that project um, you know I think the record so far is I've seen a project with £350 million worth of attributable liabilities. There's far more variation here. Um, and those are works which are specifically happening um, anywhere between the, where the project is connecting and the nearest uh, main interconnected transmission system node, so MITS node. Um, so that's really site specific. And this is a really good point in terms of uh, whether or not the system's working well at the moment, because um, I think when uh, this methodology was introduced, you know, the, the anticipation was that attributable works to a project, which apply from as soon as you sign your offer, um, they are based on how National Grid actually have to spend the money. So um, you have a couple of options. You, you can either just sort of go with that actual profile. So based on whenever the TO is doing the work, um, that is when the liability will become incurred um, or there is an option to sort of fix so to kind of hedge your bets and and fix based on on some rules those rules cap that liability pre-trigger um, and then post-trigger they're sort of a linear profile um, traditionally most people didn't fix um, the penalty if you fix you know it sounds good to sort of you know fix your liability but the penalty is if you fix if you then cancel you, you just lose all of that there's no kind of reconciliation going on um, so most people go with go with actual um, and the issue here is that um, it's based on when national grid's doing the work even if national grid's maybe not doing the work for your connection so we've seen quite a lot of offers come out recently going into substations which are perhaps being rebuilt um, you know having some of the major 400 kv upgrade projects and those works are happening now so even if someone's connection date is perhaps eight years ago it's eight years away um, then um, the, the level of attributable liability they're seeing on the day they have to accept the offer is um, is very, very high because the works are happening now. So that, that actual profile is, is very high. And I think that's something that developers really need to look at very carefully, potentially even before they make an application, because some of that stuff you could predict. The reason for the webinar, Pete, I, I think you know, probably came out of a conversation we had, didn't we, about uh, making sure that people sort of understand some of the detailed mechanics about how um, the, the works which are attributable to you become a cancellation charge, because um, there are various sort of factors. Um, so you've got things like a SIF factor and a LAF factor, you know, it's loads of acronyms, um, but it's important to know how they work, because 
there can be things that you would potentially want to challenge. Um, so the way that those factors are applied um, to your project um, might depend on, on sort of um, some quite kind of detailed technical factors. So we have seen projects, um, you know, go from having the, the hundreds of millions of pounds worth of liability to having zero liability based on challenging some of those factors. So I think probably that's that's the thing to be aware of, that actually there's quite a lot of detail that sits behind those calculations. Um, and it is worth reviewing and challenging before you either accept an offer which you think is going to be low liability or, or decline an offer which you think is high liability. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Connectology podcast. If you found it helpful, please share it with any of your colleagues or connections you think may be interested. And please do subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content. You can find out more about our services at roadnighttaylor.co.uk, link in the description, where you can also sign up to our free Connectology newsletter for more news and thought leadership in network connections. If, during this podcast, you found yourself wondering what it would be like to have a Road Knight Taylor connectologist in your life, please do email laura at roadnighttaylor.co.uk to find out how their game-changing skills and insight can change the game for you too.